The scripture reading today comes from Act 2, 1 through 21. When the day of Pentecost had come, the disciples of Jesus were all together in one place. And suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as of fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages, at the Spirit gave them ability. Now they were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at this sound, the crowd gathered and was bewildered because each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? Parthians and Medes, Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs, in our own languages, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others sneered and said, they are filled with new wine. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. Brothers and sisters, grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. It is good to be together today. And I remember when I was a uh, freshman in college, which some of you are going that direction yourselves, some seniors invited me on a spring break trip. Whoa. <laughs> As a freshman in college. And where were we going? They're saying, we're going to Pensacola Beach, Florida. Pensacola Beach, Florida, spring break, freshman in college, sign me up. It sounded wild. It sounded fun. It sounded like a great time at the beach. Let's go. Who wouldn't want to? So a whole caravan of vehicles leaves St. Peter, Minnesota in March, <laughs> and we go down to Pensacola Beach, Florida, and we get down to the beach, and it's beautiful, and there's people everywhere. It's a wonderful time, but what I didn't know was that there was some fine print on this trip. The fine print was that these seniors had really wanted to go to a revival at a church in Pensacola Beach, Florida. Say what? <laughs> what, what, do we, what do you mean, a revival? And so instead of camping out for tickets to the Beastie Boys, we were camping out for seats at the revival. <laughs> So strange, as I'm sitting in the sanctuary of this church, and, I mean, these people take the Holy Spirit seriously, right? I mean, there's wild preaching, wild music. It's basically scared this Lutheran kid half to death. As I stood in that sanctuary at the Brownsville Revival, I wondered, how did I get here? <laughs> and is that not what those early disciples, those early friends of Jesus, maybe wondered themselves. Acts chapter 2. What does this mean? 
what does this mean that everyone is speaking in different languages, that they smell differently, that there's different sounds, that there's different everything? Well, that might be your dorm this fall (laughs) or your apartment. But our patron, St. Martin Luther, was obsessed with this question, what does this mean? In fact, it shaped all of his teaching because he had this experience that changed his life. As he read scripture, he heard about God's grace in a new way. It said, I don't have to earn God's love. It's simply given as a gift. And that wrecked his life. It wrecked his life. And so he tried to figure out, how can I also pass on this good news? And he had these kids all around him, and they were asking, what's this and what's that? And so he said, I'm going to teach the way we do that with questions and answers, questions and answers. So what does it mean that the Holy Spirit showed up on that day that Catherine just read for us? What does that mean? Three things for you today. The first one is that the Holy Spirit has been here the whole time. We often just forget. The beginning of creation, Genesis chapter 1. We hear God unfolding creation, bringing order out of chaos, And in that creation, the Spirit was there hovering over the waters like a wind from God. It's also represented sometimes as a dove. And you'll see that throughout scriptures. In fact, the next part that we see the Holy Spirit at work is that the Holy Spirit is present in our baptism into Christ. Jesus' own baptism. As he comes up out of the water, the Holy Spirit is present as a dove again. There it is. And then there's this voice. We fill in the blank and we believe it's God's voice. You are my son whom I love. With you I am well pleased. The spirit is an essential part of Jesus' baptism. It's an essential part of our own, of our own baptism. In fact, scholar Greg Carey says that Jesus is basically keeping the promise that he said when he left the disciples He tells them, I am sending upon you what my Father has promised. So as we go into this next week of our life, we're not sent out of here powerless in the face of pain or suffering or sin in the world. We are sent powerful, spirit-filled, spirited. That is how we are sent. And basically what we're claiming is that a baptized person... A baptized person is open to letting the words of Jesus shape their lives. Shape their lives. Luther was obsessed with baptism. He knew that we were always worried at our core about who we are. Like, oh, I know I'm Kevin. I'm David and Linda's son. And I'm Amber's husband. But some days I can be such a mess. (laughs) And I can be so incredibly mean And I wonder, how do those two go together? (laughs) How does that happen? One day I'm like this and the next day I'm like that. Well, if I would just get right with God, if I would just come to Jesus, if I would just fix myself, if I could just get a little control over my life, then everything is going to get better, right? Say no. Luther would lovingly put his hand on your shoulder and mine, (laughs) look you in the eyes and say, nine, (laughs) no. There's nothing you can do. There's nothing you can do. In fact, in his teaching, he said it like this, how does water in baptism do such great things? Clearly, the water does not do it, but it is the 
which is with and alongside the water and that's where Luther always lands. Trust, faith in that promise. There's nothing you have to do. But here's the struggle, right? We go out to dinner together. We have a great time, right? And food was great. And then the check comes and you and I kind of look at each other like, eh, well, <laughs> eh. Okay, I'll get it. You get it this time. And then, so you take the check. And then we say, thank you. <laughs> right? <laughs> we say, thank you. Well, we go out the next week together and we have a great time again. And the check comes. And so what happens? I start reaching for the check, right? But then you say, no, 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 no. I'm going to get it again. That's really awkward. <laughs> Why does that feel so awkward? Do you know what I'm talking about? Luther himself, he heard the heartbeat of God. And Luther knows that there is nothing that we can do to pay the bill of sin, death, and fear that consumes us and makes us question every minute, who am I? God can't love me. That's why Luther says that our baptism connects us to the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. That's promised to us. You don't have to do anything. The Spirit was there at creation. The Spirit's there at our baptism. So what do we do with this odd story in Acts chapter 2? It must have been wild. All these different people gathered around, speaking in different languages. In fact, some people who looked at the early followers of Jesus, they didn't think they were filled with the Holy Spirit. They thought they were filled with spirits <laughs> and other strong drink. <laughs> and they were a little worried. At this sound, the crowd gathered and was bewildered, verse 6, because each one heard them speaking in their native language. Can you imagine all this noise? You've been in these loud parties before, loud crowds. And then all of a sudden, like clear as a bell, you hear in your ear, Jesus Christ, crucified and risen for the forgiveness of your sins, is calling you to follow him today, right now. Wow. Friends, we don't have to go back to Jerusalem to experience Pentecost. It's happening all around us each and every day of our lives. Think about all the languages that your parents or your grandparents or your great-grands maybe spoke around you. Maybe you caught a few words. German and Norwegian. Swedish and Vietnamese. Korean and Romanian. English and Pig Latin. Okay, I've just seen if you're still listening. God speaks your heart language. God speaks the language that you know best to be able to hear of God's love for you. And because of the work of the Holy Spirit, our hearts can hear about Jesus in a way that we can understand. And that helps us do what? Trust the promises. That's what it does. It's as if God determined and is relentless to find a way to speak to our hearts today. I have set you free from sin and fear and death in Jesus' name. So live your life on purpose. Go ahead. It's as if, seniors in high school, that God is going to send people into your life in every age, in every stage of your life to remind you that you don't walk alone in this. That that is what the Holy Spirit continues to do. 
See, we're sent to be human, and God sends Jesus to be our Savior. So as you head into this coming week, as you head into your high school graduation, as you head into retirement, as you head into finals or some difficult conversation that needs to be had, you are going on a journey. And you're starting today. And I invited my friend Ryan to give a little testimony of this very, very thing. So listen to the words that she has for us as we think about what is happening here? What is going on here? a journey and I'm starting today my head is wet and I'm on my way my mark is on me it's on you too He loves me and he loves you too. Pentecost is the fuel for the Jesus people, for us, to tell what God has done for us in a way that other people's hearts can hear. So tell your story. What's your story? Has God blessed you? Has God helped you? What is it? And let the Holy Spirit take care of the rest.